This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, welcome to another film study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, here to do by the numbers this week, and my co-host and I, Dan Reese, take you through the numbers and and how they tell the story of the Ravens' season so far. Dan, how you doing? Doing great. Another crazy, uh, crazy week for the Ravens. Nothing, uh, nothing we haven't gotten to expect though, uh, but a uh, pretty wild one. Pretty, pretty not hard to find interesting numbers around these games the way <laughs> exactly. the Ravens have been playing about them. But uh, yeah. start us off, my friend. All right, sounds good. So 4.7, that's the intended air yards for Tyler Huntley. First off, what a performance given, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that he came basically right off the bench <laughs> and uh, surprised right right before the game that he was starting. Uh, amazing performance, but uh, kind of shows a little bit of, of what he was asked to do. 4.7 yards, very short uh, intended air yards, second lowest in week 11. Uh, that compares to 10.1 for that's Lamar's in average intended air yards for the year, uh, which is really high. Um, but, uh, you know, that was a lot of things. Tyler Huntley, kind of what they wanted to expect of him, a hard pass rush, a, um, an iffy offensive line, a lot of, a lot of components, but uh, just kind of shows what they were asking of, of Tyler Huntley this, this week. Yeah, I, it was a good performance. And uh, I, have, I have another Tyler Huntley stat. I think I'm going to jump into that one first because I think it's it's uh, it's it feeds off this a little bit. So the Ravens had 76 offensive plays in this game. So those numbers are 76, 23, and 3.9. 76 offensive plays for the Ravens. 23 first downs 
76 plays, excellent. 23 first downs, also good. You know, you if, if your team would do that consistently, it'd be it'd be you generally out first down the other team, and 3.9 yards per play, which is absolutely terrible. And it, it not only is it terrible, it's completely incongruous with those other two statistics. You know, you would have incongruous, incongruent, whichever the, yep. the, 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 the correct word is. Uh, you don't usually get 76 plays or 23 first downs if you're averaging 3.9 yards per play. But the Ravens somehow did it. And it was a lot of this very uh, focused on the short gain kind of thing. They did it both in the run and the pass. They, they, they were very poor totals for both. Um, and uh, they still were able to, to control the ball effectively, control the, the play count and time of possession, and, and most important, uh, keep the Bears' offense off the field, hold them to 57 snaps. Yeah, they definitely, uh, you know, maintain control of the game, uh, whether it was, you know, by snap count or, or um, you know, time of possession, uh, both that they just wanted to be in control, right? Um, you know, that's not necessarily always a formula to win, but when you are you know, having a backup QB, I think, I think it is a, you want to be the decision maker going on, you know, in the game. So I think that makes sense. And they just were really chipping away, just little things, you know, and I think that uh, was evident in the, in the air yards and in the, you know, the yards per, uh, per, per play. So more, more than any other game recently, didn't you get the, kind of the impression this was like Jim Thorpe era football is like punt the other guy deep and let him make a mistake because, hey, nobody's moving the ball offensively. You know, if you want to talk about a Ravens team, the 2000 Ravens and their ability to play this back and forth field position game, uh, you know, is it was equally good. And, you know, eventually the, the uh, Dalton broke through with a couple of pass plays and then had a bunch of broken tackles to flip field position on the Ravens. But the, the, uh, the Ravens did a very good job. Yeah, it definitely was kind of old school. Um, I don't know, quote unquote, ugly football, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the defenses both played well, but the offenses, uh, you know, were, were pretty ugly on both sides, I think. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, you know, uh, my next, Numbers are uh, three sets of numbers, um, 78.7%, 58.0%, and 31.3%. So these are all win probabilities based off of NFL Faster's um, model. So what these probabilities are were 78.7% was the probability that Chicago wins after they scored the touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. The 50.0% is the win probability if they had just gotten the first down on that fourth down play. And the 31.3% was the win probability on the fourth down. So it went from 31%. And then as soon as they completed it, it could have gone from 58% or 78.7%. You know, I've heard a a lot, you know, this week about um, discussions, I guess, Harbaugh kind of mentioned in an interview uh, or or one of his, um, you know, one one of the, press meetings uh, that the decision was they kind of either wanted to stop them or let them score, uh, you know, and that kind of made sense to me until I kind of looked at this model and realized, at least based on this model, the first down wasn't quite, you know, it, it wasn't quite the same, you know, it's not like getting, letting them score, you have a better chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they still had a, had only a 58% chance if they, if they had them at a, you know, just the first down. So I don't think they were quite at the level of, all right, let's get them, let, let them score or, st- you know, stop them or let them score like Hob- Harbaugh talked about. So maybe a little bit of coach, coach speak and covering for, uh, for Wink a little bit 
but uh but i thought that was interesting the um the the difference uh compared to what harvard was talking about yeah it's a, it's an interesting set of numbers you got and they don't differ too much from the numbers i'm about to give you on the on the next one but the 31.3 percent, i think that's the key number you need to minimize if you're Harbaugh. So if if he's saying that the defense they played really reduced their chance to 26% to you know stop them short of a first down but it also increased their touchdown percentage, I'd say, "Hmm, let's talk about that." You know, maybe maybe that's a reasonable alternative you're doing. But if you're not reducing that 31.3% from what I assume is like a league average number that's mm-hmm. projected from the faster model, uh, then I don't think you you really have anything. In Good terms point. Of, yep. uh, yeah. All right. So so along those same lines, um, we're going to look at two numbers. Uh, I, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with 98.6% and 80.2%. And these are these are numbers that one I the, the first I developed for myself. The NFL's field goal percentage from under 30 yards in 2021 is 98.6%. Okay, 142 out of 144, I believe, is the number. 80.2% is the Bears' chance to win, given the Ravens the ball at their own 25 with a five-point lead. That does not differ much from your number of 78.7%. Yep. Okay, so we got a, we got a close number there, and, and it, difference in model, that's fine. It might mm-hmm. be the difference in, in yard line assumption. But either way, 80.2%. So I'd look at it this way is – if the if the way the Bears can get access to the ninety eight point six percent is by Mooney, sorry Goodwin going down anywhere close to the goal line, uh, it goes down to the five yard line. Uh, the Ravens had two timeouts; they had to take one there. They could then snap the ball three times to get the fourth down. Twice of those would have been the unstopped rolling clock, and they would have gotten down to the last few seconds and been able to kick a field goal in the last play and win the game with 98.6% probability. Now, you could maybe argue, oh, it was windy, you don't know, Chicago, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I still think it's over 95% easily. And the Bears basically gave the game to the Ravens, on, or gave the Ravens another chance at least, on that very play by by not having the proper information in the huddle. I think it was one of many bad coaching elements in this game that they were not prepared for for a potential good outcome in, in this particular case and and you know Harbaugh can talk about you know wanting them to score quickly he he's he's lucky they they didn't know not to score score quickly is what really happens yeah and you know we've seen this a couple times this year um i forget which team it was that pulled someone into the end zone yes. that was um, cleveland. Cle- cleveland oh I'm Can sorry, I wasn't there. Cleveland okay. against San Diego. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think I think teams are definitely starting to look into this more and more, and obviously as they should. Um, and and if you're not, then you're just losing these percentage points, and they that sort of decision that that's a huge, you know, nearly twenty percent. That's that's unbelievable if you're going to make that decision. Um, you know, so there's literally nothing you could do to start with a game plan about your football game at the beginning that increases your percentage chance to win it like that. You know, it's just, yeah. It'd be interesting to like, see how many points you have to spot, like 14 points or something like that in the beginning of the game to to blow that bad of a call. And it's just amazing because it's not that hard. Like you do see people that, you know, ran and took a knee or slid at the one yard line. So it's not this like mind blowing, a difficult decision to think about. Like, Mm -hmm. um, 
but it, you know, it is, it is amazing that that sort of thing can make such a big difference. So, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see which teams really can, uh, you know, can take advantage of that because there's a big disparity when, when coaches and teams take advantages of rules and situations. So, mm-hmm. all right. <clears throat> Next one I've got is, um, 0.92, one and a negative 0.152. So that's the Ravens EPA per snap on the final drive, uh, their offensive drive compared to the rest of the game. So that the last Ravens drive the, the, for the touchdown averaged 0.921 uh, expected points added per play versus negative 0.152. That's just an amazing difference. Uh, they averaged 12.2 yards gained per play compared to 3.4. You know, it. I'm not really sure where the Ravens pulled that out. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, great. They can score here. But what part of the rest of the game made you think that they were going to be able to march down the whole field? It was just amazing. And, um, you know, I read, uh, I forgot who, but on, on Twitter that uh, – that Tyler Huntley was the fourth quarterback in the last 30 years to record a game winning drive with under two minutes left in their first NFL start. So just Mm -hmm. an amazing situation. So, uh, you know, especially after not being able to do anything all game. So just, it's just amazing that they were able to flip the switch and uh, be really successful on that final drive. I mean, you're, you're breaking it down to EPA per play here, which is a good way to do it, obviously. But they had seven plays on that drive. Seven times uh, 0.921 is something slightly over, what, about 6.45 or so, mm-hmm. roughly. So so I guess what it's saying is they really only had about a half a point of expected to start that drive. Or maybe it didn't include a play on, on somehow in there. Yeah, they got sure. a, a holding for negative 10, I think. So, you know, that adjusted a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it basically, they just marched it the whole way down. It's pretty wild. The, the, uh, yeah, I, 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 one of the things I say to people who say, Hey, you couldn't have expected Huntley to do it is a four down football situation, which is always better. But, but I agree in terms of the seconds and the yards they had to go and all that. I mean, it was amazing that Huntley was able to do that. Simply, yep. simply astounding. He's able to drive him down like that. All right. I've got I've got the next stat is three and zero. Three is the number of timeouts used by the Bears in the in the second half with the clock stopped and them in possession of the football. So they had incomplete, incomplete and touchdown. They called a timeout after each of those three. It doesn't get much worse than that. All, as all I could say is in terms of wasting your timeouts. And I know there is this whole headset thing and, you know, all this thing. But Nagy certainly deserves to be fired, you know, given that. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. The Bears owner apparently has come out and said that he's not firing him after the after the uh, uh, Lions game. And I think part of that might be hygienic, you know, the way that companies somehow want to have a penny of earnings sometimes because the Bears have never in their 101-year history fired a coach in the middle of the season. So they may decide, you know, we don't want to do that. But in truth, now there's an advantage that you can talk to new coaches in the last two weeks. Second number in that was zero. That's the number of timeouts called 
when the Bears were not in position on the 15-yard throw to Bateman. So they did not call a timeout at that point to try and stop and see if they could get the snap covered. And what it appeared to be, and it was a very strange situation, the Ravens made a three-out, three-in change where they took off their three heavies from the previous play. Really weird situation, but one where it was clearly premeditated. Just take a moment on this because I, I don't think I've explained this fully on any of the shows this week. Uh, Devin Duvernay ran out of bounds. I don't remember if he ran the play, but he was just a yard short of the marker, and the, and they went to review on that play right before this. So instead of it being a first down, it became fourth and one at that point, and the review actually did not change the call, but it became fourth and one. They took about two minutes to review that call. Plenty of time for Roman and Harbaugh, who, or whatever other form of coaches were involved in this, to come up with this premeditated two-play plan. So they sent in a heavy unit to run pa- the, the quarterback power left, and Huntley picked up eight yards in the first down. That ran the clock down into the 40s in terms of the second. And they, they immediately shot their three heavies off the field, shot their three lights onto the field. That included Bateman, Duvernay, and Andrews with the three guys who replaced the three heavy uh, tight end types they brought off, including Ricard, Boyle, and Tomlinson. And they immediately were ready to go. The Bears were not. The Bears apparently thought they might have been covered in terms of changing it reflexively to the offense. But as Steratore explained, no, that's not the rule of the last two minutes. In the last two minutes, that doesn't, that, that's not allowed. So they weren't allowed to make that change. And they could have called a timeout and stopped the process. And I was surprised by it. I didn't know that rule. Tony Romo didn't know that rule. And he's like, wow, that's pretty savvy kind of thing. Uh, but Gene Steratore explained it. And, and I absolutely a great out coaching of that Bears team that had to be premeditated during those two minutes they had during DuVernay's review. So a yeah, very interesting little piece of inside football, I thought, from the Ravens there. Yeah, yeah, the Ravens do a good job of, uh, you know, finding those loopholes. Uh, it's definitely frustrating when the Patriots used to do that to us. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, they definitely found a good, you know, uh, been pretty good about that over the last couple of years, whether it's the holds on, uh, um, you know, on, on the last play of the game or taking the safety on punts, different mm-hmm. things like that. They, they've had a couple of different things. So, um, you know, that. That they're definitely trying to find those loopholes, and uh, you know it's great to see them take adva- every every advantage that's out there. And uh, as far as the timeouts, it's just unbelievable. Just uh, you know, it's just terrible. And with the with the uh, rookie QB and then a backup QB, you're using them when you know not to help them, but rather just in terrible junk situations. Basically, it's just it's just a real example of why that organization is where it is you know so all right uh, my next set of numbers is uh 5.68 negative 0.26 and 30.8 percent so the first two uh, is the epa on the two scoring plays uh when the ravens were on defense versus the 73 other snaps that the ravens were on defense so those two plays uh, was average EPA of 5.68, and ev- all the other 73 snaps were negative 0.26. So I know we've talked about this on other weeks, but I had to bring it up again. Just mm-hmm. night and day on how the defense does on almost every other snap, and then just a couple of really, really bad snaps. You know, uh, one with um, missed tackles, you know, Mooney just 
Mooney is right. fast, so you know he he gets credit for some of that. But it was bad tackles and bad angles. Um, and then the other one, uh, you know, we can discuss whether it was intentional, risky defense, whatever. You know, but uh, big play nonetheless. They allowed 109 yards on those two plays, which accounted for 30.8 percent of the yards allowed in that game. That's just remarkable. Incredible. So, yeah, they also only allowed one snap in the red zone all game on defense. So pretty wild. They did a really good job overall on defense. Um, but, uh, you know, they just really need to find some way to limit those big plays. So just, just to go through that 73 plays for minus 19 expected points, that's 73 times minus 0.26. And then two for 5.68, which is going to be 11.4 points to the good. Mm-hmm. And so overall you can see they were, they were still had a very poor effort, even with those two great plays. But when you when you really look at it and see, hey, it was only those two good plays. Boy, good defensive effort again from the Ravens. They could be proud of this one. Yep. Uh, I will talk. The next thing I'm going to do is let's do this one because it relates to the defense. Seven, ten, and one point four. Seven is the number of six plus man rushes the Ravens had used prior to the the, the forty nine yard touchdown to Mooney. No, to Goodwin, to Goodwin. Um, and they'd done, in fact, the previous four plays had all been a six-plus man rush. They decided to run eight this time. The, of the of the seven previous plays, they'd gone for a total of 10 yards or 1.4 per play. So the point coming out of this is that I don't think it's fair to say Wink should have known that it wasn't going to work. It had been working all game. Not only had the, had the, had the numbers been working, every form of deception they used – including stunts, simulated pressures, and, uh, and and coming with off-ball blitzes. All of that worked as well during this game. I have numbers for that in the article people can go look at. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hypocritical to say on 4th and 11 that they should have known that it, it was going to fail this time. Well, you know, do you know when you're going to roll a 7 at craps? Because if you do, I want to be there at the <laughs> table, and you can just tell me every time. Yeah. Yeah, and you know this kind of goes back to what you're talking about in the beginning of the call or, or the the podcast, where you know if he thought this play call was going to drop that 31 uh, percent mm-hmm. lower, then you know that's the, that's the right call, not really just the risks. So, um, you know, the one counter I would say is that they're you know on, on a couple of those uh, plays where um, where the Bears were able to throw it deep based off a of big rush, they were just didn't really connect, you know, just a couple mm-hmm. steps out, which, you know, that's because they're rushing the quarterback, you know, they're, they're hurrying him. So, uh, you know, I, I think there was some argument that they were so close to hitting on a couple of those. There was a sideline play, I think, where it was just out of bounds, yes. but, um, but, um, you know, I, I think it's just, it, it would be great if it worked out and then we wouldn't be talking about this, but, uh, you know, but, uh, it ended up working out anyway. So, how, how but, about if it had, if it had gone in the in between thing and they and they missed the pass, but the pass interference, sorry, the roughing the passer had gone through as is. I mean that that could have been a nightmarish slow death to get 15 yards there and then one more first down out of Dalton on four plays and they got a pretty easy field goal attempt. Yeah, it would have been rough. You know that would have been you need a sack or or that or those uh, rough field goal um, situations that, you know, that we were talking about before to come into play. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, and you know, that's what Harbaugh was kind of referring to, I think, but, uh, but, but yeah, that would have been devastating if you finally got a stop and then got the penalty. So that would have, that would have been rough for sure. All right. My next numbers, um, 
are looking ahead. Uh, I've got three numbers looking ahead to Cleveland. Um, uh, 1.7, 1.25, and 14%. These are all from all from Football Outsiders. Uh, it's the Cleveland's second-level yards, and I'll define these in a second. So second-level yards, open field yards, and stuff percentage. So second-level yards is defined as yards uh, yards where the team's running back earns between 5 to 10 yards past the line of scrimmage divided by the total running back carries. So kind of beyond the first level of, of defenders gets to the next one. So 1.7 for, for Cleveland. That's first in the NFL. Open field yards um, is the team's running back earns more than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage divided by the total uh, running back carries. So that's 1.25. That's mm-hmm. second for the for Cleveland. And stuff percentage is the percentage of runs where the running back is tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. So that's 14%, which is the sixth best. Um, the Cleveland has the sixth best in the NFL. So the point of the, all this is to say that as, as you kind of would all – already know watching any of the Cleveland game is their running backs are good. Their offensive line is good and it's in good in all different kind of phases of it. You know, they get to the second level, they're able to hit home runs and they're also not taking negative plays. So stopping the running game is going to be really big um, in, in this game. Uh, and, you know, just for comparison, the Ravens are 22nd, 20th and 16th in those categories. So which is not, not really a shocker given how bad <laughs> the expected yards per carry have been by runner and, and yeah. you know, all the injuries. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great number. Obviously they have a lot of home run hitting power on that uh, in Chubb really mm-hmm. all by himself, frankly. Uh, I got one more number here, one more pair plus 7% and minus 16.7% plus 7% is the difference from the league average in terms of red zone percentage for the Ravens offense. So they, they are seven percentage points better than the average in the league in terms of how often they score in the red zone. And minus 16.7% is, is the, the defense is 16.7% better than the average, meaning 16.7 percentage points lower in terms of the likelihood to score. And I, you know, I, I should have what the average percentage is, in terms of red zone scoring, but I don't have that. Uh, my guess is it's probably around 50%, but, but I don't know for you uh, directly there. Yeah, no, I'm not sure either, but uh, you know, it, those are the right sides to be on, on both of those, you know, so uh, the offenses look good. You know, I think the addition of a bunch of new weapons and the defenses, like we talked about, been really stout on uh, a lot of plays in the red zone for sure. So I think that's going to come, come in huge over the next seven game stretch. Um, and kind of uh, talking about that seven-game stretch and, and the final push for the, um, the the rest of the regular season, just a couple of uh, percentages here looking ahead to the Cleveland game. 59%, 72%, and 39%. These are based off of ESPN's Football Power Index, the chances to win the AFC North. Currently, they're sitting at 59%. With a win this week against Cleveland, that jumps up to 72%. Uh, and with a loss, it drops down to 39%. So a huge swing of, uh, of what is that, 43%? Nope, 33%. 33, yeah. uh, 33% just on this one game. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty close to a must-win, I think, for um, the AFC North. I think um, you know, it's going to be really hard to find. Uh, play Cleveland again in three weeks. They have a huge advantage. So many, you know, the bye week uh, and at home. So just a, 
um, a, a huge advantage if we don't beat them this week. So, yeah, I, I agree. It'd be it'd be very difficult to see them again and and have hope. And and even even if they don't, I mean, they'll they'll adjust in more positive ways than the Ravens were just because they have two weeks to prepare, but also because it, the, whoever loses generally adjusts more positively the second time around. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And at 33% leverage, I, I'm not even, not even really surprised by that amount. I, I, I could, I could see it being higher in terms of the difference. It's a, is an absolutely enormous game, even for this point in the same, in the season. Dan, always a pleasure to do this show with you week after week. Just all kinds of fun, great, great numbers, and a lot of good explanations that I appreciate from you on this. Uh, I, hopefully, you'll have a good Thanksgiving. Tell folks where you can talk foot, where they can talk football with you. Yeah, reach out to me. Uh, you know, give me a follow or whatever over at Twitter, uh, DP Reese Eight. Um, and I just want to say, uh, you know, Ken, have a happy Thanksgiving, and all the listeners out there. I hope you guys have a happy and uh, safe Thanksgiving. Now, I'll, I'll forgo the 25 years pitch. You know how to get in contact for, for, for me on that. But if you're if you're traveling, please be safe. Uh, enjoy your family, and and maybe take a moment to reach out to that person who's not enjoying Thanksgiving with anybody, and just give them a call uh, tomorrow and say hi. And that that's something I think people always appreciate. Uh, Dan, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yep, and <laughs> talk to you next time on Film Set. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.